Hi everyone, Pastor Michael here, and I want to thank you for tuning in to our sermon podcast. I want to encourage you to use this resource in addition to, and not in place, of belonging to a local church body as you grow in your faith. If this sermon is a blessing, would you consider giving back to Springs Church? You could do that by giving on the app or by visiting the gift tab on our website at springs.church. I pray this sermon increases your passion for Christ and helps you grow in your walk with God. Good morning, everyone. Um, Oh, they talk back. I feel like I'm at home. Nothing more challenging for a preacher than uh, speaking to people who aren't responsive. So you can, uh, you can hoot and holler as much as you want. Um, you can talk back. You can even stop me and ask a question if you have to. Although maybe try not to do that because uh, might just get distracted. It's really a, a privilege to be with you guys this morning. Um, just really want to thank Pastor Josh for kind of building, building the bridge, setting this up. And uh, just honor you, Josh. I know we've got some time to run together over at every home. Uh, Josh, um, I, I think he can't quite figure out who he is. He knows he's Springs Church. He's told me many times in his life, if it's ever choose parachurch or local church, give me the local church. Um, so I know you've lent him to us in past seasons, and he's back here. I also just want to honor you, Pastor Michael. I, I don't know you well. Um, I honestly didn't recognize you when I walked in today, because I think when I met you, uh, your hair was, was not the, the Nazarite Samson hair that it is. Um, you got it here. I got it here. I don't know, man. Team up and do some kingdom things. Um, but the, the testimony of, of your life is uh, just that you're, you're passionate for Jesus. You're passionate about people. And I uh, just want to honor you even in sharing with a few people. I don't, I don't actually preach at uh, local churches often. We're just up the road. Um, you guys know a little bit about Every Home for Christ, and maybe after today, hopefully, know a little bit more and, and can even adopt us as part of your spiritual family. I know you're a, a praying uh, praying people, um, but the just telling a few people, yeah, I'm speaking at, at Springs Church. Um, there, there are two services, and then we're partnering together to do a prayer meeting in the evening, and they just looked at me, and they said, Jesse, you know, that's unheard of, that pastors even in our city would would share their pulpit. And so, Pastor Michael, I just, I just want to honor you, and um, just first time I've set feet in this, this door, these doors. I didn't know what this space looked like. I've driven by a hundred times. Um, you know, it'd be hard for me to come to church here because I'd be tempted to buy a new car every time I came. I don't know if anyone else struggles with that. I'm like, look at that truck, look at that truck, look at that truck. Um, I'm a human. I drive a 2008 Nissan Versa, a little hatchback, beautiful car. Can't wait for it to die. Come down here to Phil Long. Phil, are you in the house? <laughs> Hook me up, brother. Um, wow, really not what we're talking about today. But um, just just feel at home here. Got to be a part of the little pre-service prayer. And, and just want to just honor you guys that, that you're a people and just even worship this morning that are, are reaching for the presence of God. And uh, Pastor Michael prayed a prayer just about... The, what happens when we gather together, that God does something when we gather together that doesn't happen in our own personal times. I love the personal times, even this morning in my car, just playing a worship song, just singing and crying out to the Lord. But something different 
happens when we gather together and when we fix our eyes on Jesus, when we look at him, when we reach out, when we touch him, and when he reaches back. How many of you guys know that's the Jesus that's in this place today? I don't know about, I don't know about other Jesuses being preached today, but I know this about my Jesus. And you're Jesus too, and I want to just remind us that he was meant to be seen, that he was meant to be touched, that he was meant to be felt, that he is not a God that is far off, and that when we reach for him, when we sing to him, he's like the old dude on The Price is Right, if you ever watched that, that show, or really like someone in that audience, you know, they call their name, and they're not walking down like, Oh, wow, so excited to be on this game show. You know, when someone gets their name called, and I know I'm, I'm reaching back some years, they're like, Aah! I actually think that's probably more like how Jesus is, how our Father is, how the Holy Spirit is, when we say his name and when we speak to him in, in this gathering, that he actually is waiting. It's 8.59, and he's like waiting for that first good sounding electric guitar, bro. Just, mm, just give me some of that. And that first, we're here for you, Jesus. And he's like, ah! We're gonna, we're gonna talk about some, some heavy things today. We're gonna talk about really our calling to be the body of Christ, to be the family of God, to stand with the persecuted church but just before we jump into that, I, I just have to say, um, just even in light of, of that little, this is who Jesus is, I, I just feel he's present today to just touch people in this room who are, who are suffering, um, who just feel you need a touch from God. We're going we're gonna to look outward today. Just, just right where you're at, can everyone just open your hands like you're receiving a gift? I just feel like the Lord just wants to to come, even hearing about our brother who passed, just the comfort that's needed. You know, we're going to talk about suffering out there, but I, I know all of us in our own lives, we experience pain. We experience suffering. We experience depression, if we're honest. We can say that word inside the four walls of the church and discouragement. I just want to invite just the Holy Spirit just to come. He's going to call us to minister to others, but I just want to ask, just Holy Spirit comes. Just can you open your hand like you're receiving a gift and just say, Holy Spirit, I welcome you. Just say that in, in your own words, just that, that phrase, Holy Spirit, I welcome you. Touch me today. Touch those parts of my heart that are hidden, that are in pain. Holy Spirit, we just welcome you, Lord, to meet with us today, to transform us. We need you. We love you. You came to give life and life abundant, Lord, I ask you for every person in this room to experience your abundant life today, Lord. To be refreshed in your presence, Lord, to encounter you, to see your face. Jesus, your eyes are so kind. Your voice is tender. It cuts through all of our shame and our pain. And we need that today, Lord. We need your voice. So come and meet with us. Bring conviction. Shape us and mold us. Make us more like Jesus today. If you agree with that prayer, not for someone out there, but for your own life, can you just say amen? Amen, right where you're at. 
Well, brothers and sisters, if I were to have to title this message, which I rarely have a title for my message, um, I would say that the title of this is Remember Us, a call to love and to pray for the persecuted church. Today, as Josh mentioned, is a very significant day because of the fact that we are joining together with thousands and thousands, maybe millions of believers across countries. We have to look beyond the four walls of the building that we are in today to realize what is happening. I believe this is a day that the Lord looks forward to in the year, the first Sunday of November. And I have to just say this for a moment. I have hope in my heart for the Church of America because of what we're doing today. The fact that we are two or three days away from an election, which is very important. I care about America. I've spent my life running with my dad, praying for revival in America, spending time in stadiums and open fields, leading, leading gatherings of repentance and worship, praying for the ending of abortion, saying, God, come to America. Do not let us go the way of our own sinfulness and pride, but save this nation. And yet in the midst of that, that I believe is so very important that we would take a step back today and realize it is not just about us. Because part of my fear is that there's actually become a syncretism of our Americanism and our Christianity in the body of Christ, if I could just be so honest. That a lot of the times when we're saying we want America to be preserved and we want this person to be in office, a lot of what our motivation is is our own comfort and our own lifestyle of just abundance. And I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for a nation where we have the ability to freely preach the gospel and to gather. And that's what we're talking about today is there's believers in other countries that don't have that. But God has blessed us, not so we can just sit here and just have a nice time. Oh, wasn't that just a nice one-hour Sunday morning service? Go home, got four hours of football, got my stuff on the grill. And and believe me, I love all that stuff. I'm into it. I'm not going to stand up here and say I don't. But what if the blessing of God on our nation What if the privilege that we had to gather was so that we could gather together and worship a God who is not only the God of the American church, but he's the God of every tribe and tongue and nation. And right now his eyes are looking all over the world and he cares deeply about America. I know this is a challenging word, but friends, he cares about the nations America will be a footnote. As Josh said earlier, we will be a speck of dust in the history of the world. And I just pray, God, whatever it is that is good about this nation, whatever it is that you have blessed us, Lord, let it be so that we can be a blessing. Let it be not just so that we can be fat and happy and praise God, but so that we can be those who say, from our place of freedom, from our place of privilege, from, again, this fact that we could gather, that we would voluntarily say, how could we be poured out for the world? How could we be poured out for our neighbors? How could we be poured out for the lost? Psalm 67 is a prayer of Israel, and they say, Lord, bless us. That is not a wrong prayer. They say, Lord, bless us. Literally, it means for God to to bend down and to give a gift. 
You know, when you say, Lord, bless someone, that's what you're asking. You're asking God to kneel down and give them a gift. Oh, I love God. I love his heart. They say, Lord, be merciful to us. We know that we need that. They say, Lord, shine the light of your face upon us. There is a godly selfishness that we should have for our own personal lives and for our nation. God, bless us. God, be merciful to us. God, shine the light of your face upon us. But it does not end there. Verse 2 then says, so that, so that, can you say that with me? So that, why are you blessed? Why do we want our nation to be blessed? Why do we want religious freedom? Why do we want the church to not be bound to preach the word of God? So that your ways may be known on the earth and your salvation among all peoples. And then the psalmist explodes. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations sing and be glad because of who you are. God wants to manifest his glory through the church. And the blessing that he gives us never stays with us. It flows. And so today, I'm asking God, the blessing that's in my life, can I pause for a moment? And can I take that and remember and identify my brothers and sisters who are seeking to do the same thing, they're seeking to be, make you known among the nations. And because of that, they are facing persecution. They're being killed. They're being put in jail. They're being falsely accused of things that they never did. We'll get to it a little bit later, but just to tell you, when I say this phrase, remember us, I actually am picturing in my mind a particular brother from our Every Home for Christ fellowship. I can't tell you which nation he's in because of security concerns, but he's in a primarily Islamic nation in the Middle East. And I will never forget a memory from four or five years ago when we were at a conference together, and he was laughing with another brother from the Middle East. And I'm just thinking, what are these guys laughing about? You know, there's cross-cultural differences, and I don't know what's going on. And he's just laughing. I mean, this guy is an apostle in his nation. He's winning thousands to Christ. He's planting churches amongst the, the poor, amongst the marginalized people of his country. And he's laughing with another brother, and one of us breaks in and says, guys, please let us in on the, let us in on the joke. What's going on? And he says, well, I'm, I'm just laughing because right now in my body, I'm still experiencing the trauma from electric shock therapy that was applied to me by extreme extremist Muslims because of preaching the gospel. And they're sharing stories with one another of how they have been persecuted for making Jesus known. And there's joy in their hearts to walk with Jesus. And I picture, I picture this brother in my mind and I wish he could be here to preach today and not me. But if I could be a representation of him today, he would say this, remember us. Remember me. And that you would start to hear that, that chorus, that phrase, that whisper multiplied by a, by a sister in India whose husband has been killed because of their faith in Jesus, because they turned from Hinduism and they said, Jesus is everything. He is precious to us. He has saved us. And it's worth living for him and suffering for him. 
for a brother or sister in North Africa who maybe hasn't faced death or imprisonment, but they have been ostracized from their family. That we would hear that whisper today and that before the Father, we would somehow say, Lord, soften my heart towards them. Lord, help me see them. Lord, what can I do? Lord, help me care. I come to you today really humbly and and just I also want to be realistic. I get to see these guys. I get to work with them. Maybe you don't. I'm praying that the Holy Spirit would do something in our hearts today where he would tenderize us. We can't make something happen. I can't conjure up some sort of compassion or some sort of care for my brother and sister around the world. But you know what I can do? I can take my life as a lump of clay and I can set it before Jesus and say, Jesus, somehow today, would you change me? Would you form me? Would you, give, would you let me feel what you feel today for the lost, for my neighbor, for my persecuted brother, for my nation? You know, when Jesus invited us into friendship with him, something happens, something amazing happens in friendship and fellowship. You start to care about things you didn't care about before. How many of you guys have had that friend where you just love them, but they're different than you? And the more you hang out with them, they have some interest, some passion. And before long, their passion starts to become your passion. I believe today that the purpose of our gathering, the purpose of this this message, the purpose of, of looking at the word of God and entering into prayer isn't just to accomplish something on their behalf. We're gonna get to that. We're gonna pray that God actually moves today and we're gonna do it in faith and we're gonna believe him that he's gonna touch the hearts of a believer in persecution today, that he might even open prison cells today. We're gonna get there, but I wanna first do this. Lord, here's my heart. I'm an American. You know that. (laughs) You don't hold that against me. But Lord, more than being an American and just valuing what I value, I want to value what you value. Lord, could you change my heart today? In the midst of me mostly thinking about peace and security in my nation, again, I affirm that as a good thing. Lord, would you give me a, a global vision? Would you help me to care about what happens outside of my country? I want America to be great again but only to the degree that we can be great so that we can serve and love and be a blessing and a light. If it's not for that, you guys, that is not Jesus' heart. That is not the message of the gospel. That is some other false gospel and false message that has been preached, and we've bought into it, I'm afraid. And I'm saying, Lord, separate that and do it even on a day, three days before an election. That radically matters, and Lord, touch my heart on November 1st at a Sunday morning in an old warehouse surrounded by cars and and cause me to care about what you care about. And in that, could I find joy? Could I find a deeper friendship with you? Could I find a greater purpose for my life than just living for myself? There is no joy in that, friends. Jesus gave us the gospel to rescue us from living for ourselves. And now we've been set free to live for others. Including each other. I love what I heard today. I wish I would have known this dear man who passed away. We are the body of Christ. When one suffers, we all suffer. I don't even know this man. And I'm sitting on the the front row going, my heart hurts. 
because this guy's not with us. And yet I rejoice. And the scripture says that, but when one part of the, the, the body is honored, we all rejoice. And I'm, I'm feeling like I'm in pain today because a brother that I didn't even know passed away. But he is my brother. But I'm also rejoicing today because we got to honor him and got to celebrate that he is with Jesus. Friends, if we could have that same experience today, I would pray that it would be not only for this local body, not only for this local fellowship, but that we would see ourselves as the broader body of Christ and that we would feel and enter into and identify today that there is someone being dragged out of their home and put into a prison cell only because they made the same choice that you did this morning to wake up and come to church and to say, I've decided to follow Jesus. And that I would say, that is my family. Yeah, I, I might not know their name, but I, you know what? We have the same Holy Spirit, the same Father, the same Savior. We're a part of the same body. And I believe today that Jesus could bring us into a fellowship and a union with his heart and with them in a way that our hearts would break. We would be reoriented. We would be transformed. We would be rearranged inside of our hearts about what we care about and what we give ourselves to. And we would find ourselves saying, God, be with them today. They're our body. They're our body. If you could put that, that first slide up. There's two scriptures that I've already mentioned, but I just want to look at today from Hebrews chapter 13. Our first calling is to love. Our first calling is what I've been talking about, to have our hearts changed and reoriented. Guys, I'm a prayer guy. My, my, my title is director of prayer. Sometimes I like, don't even want that anymore because then prayer becomes this professional robe. And I'm just like, what, is, what, what even is prayer? I'm going to get honest with you. I'm going to get honest with you this morning. The Lord's been doing something even in the last few months of my life that prayer is not just about accomplishing something, not just about asking him to do something out there, and we all know this, but prayer is setting ourselves before him and asking him to transform us, asking him to conform us to his image. That prayer that, that I've, I've mentioned a few times to say, Lord, I want your heart beat in my life. Lord, I, I come to you as I am broken, weak, full of shame, whatever it is, hard heart, and I just want to set myself before you again like that lump of clay and just say, put your hands on me today, Jesus, in your presence and by your words, would you change me and transform me? You know that what, that's what Jesus is after? He's after a people. He did not die for a program. He did not die for a building. He died for you and me to call us sons and daughters of the Most High God to adopt us into his, fam into his family and then to daily transform us into his image until the world looks at us and they see Jesus. The most happy, not self-concerned people that the world's ever seen. A witness. When's the last time you smiled? I know we got to wear these dang masks. So I just want to pull down my mask and just smile at someone like, yeah, I'm, I'm here. Jesus is here. I'm, I'm happy today because he came to me and he saved me. He pulled me out. Jesus wants to conform us to his image. How does he do that? He does that in his presence. He does that when we come to him and he does that through his word. His word 
is us on that potter's wheel. It is his hands upon us molding. Can you just picture yourself like some clay today? I've just been doing this when I've been coming. We should come through those doors every morning and just, okay, I'm I'm clay. I'm coming as clay today. The Lord wants to to do something. He wants to, I don't know. Never, I've never done it. I should take a pottery class. He wants to put his hands on us by his word and presence and shape us and change us and make us something that is for his glory and for his purpose. And so let's be formed by the word of God. If you could put that slide back up, just want to read this to you this morning and let this form us. This is from Hebrews 13, verse 1, and then 3. Let this word form you today. Keep on loving each other as brothers and sisters. Remember those in prison as if you were there yourself. Remember also those being mistreated as if you felt their pain in your own bodies. 1 Corinthians 12, 26, and 27. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. This is the word of God shaping us, forming us, exhorting us. What more simple commandment could we receive today from the scripture, from the word of God, than this? Keep on loving each other as brothers and sisters. I I love the simplicity of Jesus's call I love the simplicity that I only love him because he first loved me. That I'm only set free to love Josh Gallardo, to love Pastor Michael, to love Karen. Karen's somewhere here. She greeted me as she walked through the door. She's my old neighbor. I didn't even, hi, Karen. I love you, Karen. Jesus' call. What is going to set us apart as the people of God? What makes us different? What makes us stand out as that royal priesthood? Simple, love one another. I believe God wants to pour out his love into our hearts. Ephesians 3, to transform us. It starts with even us, how we receive from the love of God that he pours out his love. We say, God, I want to love you. First commandment, heart, soul, and mind and strength. I'm not there yet. I'm weak. I'm distracted. But today, I want to love you. Heart, soul, and mind and strength. What else, God? What else do I do? Love your neighbor as yourself. Okay, I got to love myself. Go back to... Being in God's presence, receiving from him, being formed by him. You know those hands on the, on the, on the clay? They're really, they're really kind. God's hands on your life. I'm not just trying to come in here today and tell you, we got to care about something out there, guys. Jesus' hands of kindness are on your life. He wants you today to experience his love in a fresh way that transforms you. And you say, Jesus, I love you. And then you're like, what what do you want me to do, Jesus? Like, I'm ready. I'm here. Open hands. Come on. Give me a mission. He's like, love your brothers and sisters. Like, oh, man. That's like a hard command, Lord. I don't like that guy over there. I think in our context today, maybe it's not that. But it's just, I, I I don't know how to connect, Lord. I don't know how to even start loving the guy in the Middle East who's been shocked, electric shocked for the gospel. Lord, I don't even know. I just want to tell you today, that's okay. That's why we're here, to just set ourselves before the Lord and say, Lord, help us care. Lord, change our hearts. We need you. 
We have to see ourselves as the global body of Christ. I just want to go through a few statistics today. This is the main call, to, to, love, to love them, but we have to know who they are. Um, if you could go to that next slide, please. Um, as was mentioned before, Open Doors, incredible ministry um, that's for years just been kind of giving us a window to see who the persecuted church here. This is just some st- statistics for us to hear this morning that I want to tell you about a few things happening in every home for Christ, and then we're going to respond to the Lord in prayer. Open Doors uh, estimates that there are more than 260 million Christians who live in places where they face persecution for their faith. I know that's hard for us to wrap our minds around, so let's just break it down. That is one in eight Christians worldwide. I'm one of nine original Ingle family members. I'm one of seven kids, and then my parents, my mom and dad, Lou and Therese. For me, as I, I read this stat, I said, okay, I have to begin to think about the persecuted church as my brother Josiah. It's not just someone out there. Think of eight people right now. Think of eight people that you love dearly and then choose one of those people and identify and realize that those, that one person is someone that is being mistreated for their love for Jesus. Just in this last year, within the top 50 world watch list countries, I encourage you, when you go out today, especially if you're going to come back tonight and join us in prayer, Grab one of these little, there's a few different pamphlets. These identify the top 50 countries where our brothers and sisters, our family, is experiencing intense persecution just in this last year from those 50 countries. So this is, a, this is kind of a sample of what's going on in the earth. 2,983 2, Christians have been killed for their faith. 9,488 churches and other church buildings have been attacked did anyone come into this room today with fear that someone's going to walk in the door and attack us? The security guys are like, yes, sir, we did. We prepare the worst. For the... Fair enough. But I, for one, didn't. I came in here expecting no trouble. And if there were to be trouble, we got the police on our side. We got the government on our side. Can you imagine today showing up to this. This is the kind of thing that we have to do. If we want to grow in love, if we want our hearts to be moved to pray, we have to begin to think differently. We've got to come in here. We're going to come into the prayer meeting tonight, and we have to identify. We have to say, though this is not my story, it is my brother's story, and I need to care about this because they're walking through their church doors or their secret church wondering if someone's going to bust open the door and drag them off to prison. That is the reality for one out of eight of our friends around the world. And and again, I just wanna say it's okay if you're like, dude, that's crazy, I never heard that, or I heard that, I'm not even sure if I care. That's an okay okay place to begin with. But can we say, Lord, help me care? Because I know this, if it was my brother Josiah, he's two years younger than me, Just my beloved brother, he's who I hunt with. He's just precious to me. He loves Jesus. He has a family. He has three kids. If it were him that were being hauled off to jail, wrongly accused of doing something wrong, only because he said, I love Jesus and I want to tell others about him. I'm telling you, I would be storming heaven on his behalf. 
if I really knew that that was my brother or sister, and again, there's, there's, this is where we need the Holy Spirit to bridge the gap because we, we don't know someone by name or, or their face. That's okay. There's actually resources out there where you can see them and hear their stories. I encourage you to pursue that, but I would just say this today. If that was true, if I treated the brother in Afghanistan today or Somalia today like my brother or sister, I would not be like, oh man, too bad. Like, that's Josiah? Jesus, break in, set him free. Lord, if you don't, at least touch his heart. Let him feel your presence. Let him know he's not alone. Comfort him, cause him to rejoice, Lord. Somehow sustain him in the midst of this, this trial and this fire. Lord, would you even cause him to rejoice somehow, some way? God, today meet him. I don't even know what I'm doing. I'm just trying to pray, Lord, help him, help. Lord, give him boldness. Lord, in this situation, use him. Save his persecutors. If there are brothers and sisters, that is how we pray. Ten years ago, I was living in Vermont, away from all my family. My sister and my whole family were on their way to come visit me. I was working on a farm, another long story. And they're halfway to Vermont. They're driving from Kansas City, and my sister just decides to race someone in a Walmart parking lot. Bad things happen in Walmart parking lots, amen? I don't know. Walmart, right? It's just infamous. She decides to race her friend in a Walmart parking lot. She falls. She hits her head. She has blood and, and spinal fluid coming out of her ears. She's a full seizure. They rush her to the hospital. They don't know what her state is. And I just get a call in Vermont, thousands of miles away. And your sister's, your sister's hurt. Your sister's, this is what's happened. We don't really know much more than that. I did not sleep that night because that's my sister. I was up saying, God, heal her, touch her, be in that room. See, we pray differently if we really think that they're family, if we really believe that they're family. And the scripture forms us today. It informs us that they are. And though we may not feel it, you guys, we suffer today because they suffer. And Jesus invites us to enter into that, not in some sort of morbid way, but out of love. That's where I was in Vermont. I was trying to picture what kind of room is she in? What does it look like? Are there doctors around her? Even using that, that holy imagination, what does it look like for another believer in another country? And I want to enter in, and then I want to say, Jesus, break into this situation. Break into this person's lives. Narrowing down, not just on the global thing, but just from our own ministry, Every Home for Christ. Next slide. Just want to tell you, in the past five years, uh, we've just seen an increase of persecution. 168 cases of believers being arrested. 30 cases of imprisonment. 136 cases of those being physically attacked or tortured, and 33 believers who gave their life because they loved Jesus. This is our body. This is our family, and the Lord calls us to love them and to pray for them. Next slide. When Josh came to me, this was part of why I knew I was even supposed to say yes to this, because just a few months ago, we got all of these prayer requests in from different field offices. I can't identify the nations, um, but can share with you the regions. Four believers in prison for sharing the gospel in South Asia. Uh, another three who are currently today, these are current, they are in prison right now for sharing the gospel in East Asia. Um, just a month ago, we got news in East Africa of a couple with three children who have been doing a, a full-on underground house, house church uh, 
discipling believers, answering questions in a, in a nation that is 99.9% Muslim. It's illegal to be a Christian. And a month ago, they were arrested. We keep getting updates. A week ago, it was there's pressure from the community to execute them and to make them an example. And guys, we are totally powerless other than going to God and saying, I'm not going to turn a blind eye to that. I'm not just going to let that go in one ear and out the other. Lord, I'm going to pray. It doesn't have to be for hours on your face. What if you just made this part of your, your daily time with God that you're, I'm remembering those who are in prison. Please go to the next slide. Our calling to pray. This is where we'll end today, and maybe I could even just get the worship team to come up. Prayer becomes the place where we meet with God, asking him first to transform our hearts and help us care. If I could retell just briefly a story from 1971, our current president, he's a man named Dick Eastman. He's connected to the founding of this very church. His wife is a Wilkerson. I think you guys know you met actually in our Every Home building. Dick Eastman has, has given his life to prayer, praying for the nations, doing what we're talking about today. In 1971, he was in his 20s at a youth retreat where he'd do these all-night prayer meetings with teenagers. How many know that just sounds absolutely horrible? No, I'm just kidding. God bless the youth pastor of this church. No, it sounds actually amazing. And he's in this prayer time with all these teenagers, and, and there's little small groups praying and, and individuals with their Bibles open, and the Holy Spirit's just brooding over them. Some people are, are crying, and they're actually focusing on praying for the lost, praying for the nations, 1971. And Dick Eastman is there. He's the leader of this prayer night, and he's looking at all these different people praying, and he has dry eyes and a cold heart. And he's looking at them and he's saying, I'm more an observer of prayer than a participant of it right now. And he prays a simple prayer. He says, Lord, please help me care. And he was sitting on a table as he describes it. Something like this, his legs hanging off the table. He's just watching everyone else pray. And he says, Lord, help me, help me care. And immediately the Holy Spirit just comes on him like a flood and he begins to weep. He begins to travail. So much to the fact that when he tells the story, it's kind of funny because it goes from the spiritual moment to not even having control of his body and falling over and thinking he's going to hit his head. And the teenagers kind of catch him. He ends up in a fetal position on the floor, just crying for the lost, crying for the nations, praying. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. Just a moment of, of sincere, authentic, Holy Spirit-birthed prayer. Because he asked, Lord, help me care. And he attributes that as the birth of the whole ministry that God has given him the last 40 years, 40 plus years, fruitfulness, salvation, prayer movements exploding. Because he dared to say, Lord, give me your heart. Lord, help me to love. You guys, prayer is love on its knees. Because someone in here is probably feeling, I want to do something. I want to tell you guys, God has given you the gift of prayer. Prayer is where we are formed and shaped, but it's also where we go to God and we ask him and we lift our voice and he does things he would not have done if we did not ask. I believe in the sovereignty of God. I believe that he does what he wishes he will do. His will be done, but in that he invites us to partnership today. Do you know what that means? That means today when we pray in a couple minutes and tonight, we're going to say, Lord, we're going to start by saying, Lord, help us care. We're going to believe him. Touch our hearts, Lord. Change our hearts. Connect our hearts. Help us identify. But then we're going to start praying for these actual believers, and we're going to say, Lord, comfort them. And you know what he's going to do? He's going to show up Amen. with his manifest presence in prisons. Amen. 
and he's going to look at some Somali believer, or Afghani believer, someone facing persecution. He's going to look them in the eye and he's going to say, I am with you. And they're going to feel the manifest presence of God and they're going to break because they've been under oppression and depression. And then you know what's going to happen? They're going to sing. Because this happened in the book of Acts, Paul and Silas. They're going to sing. And angels are going to show up and prison doors are going to open. Or they're not. Or they're going to be killed. I don't know. The Lord does not promise exactly what will happen, but he promises he will be with them. And so I want to show up and I want to say, Lord, do what you promised. And I want to say, Lord, would you even use them as a witness of your love and your forgiveness? Because Jesus didn't escape the cross. He endured it with joy. For the joy set before him, he endured it. And you know what he got? He got the reward of his suffering. He got you and me. He got the nations. And guess what? He wants more nations. He wants more peoples. He wants the jailers. He wants the persecutors. And he invites all of us today. Would you just stand with me this morning? If you could just put up that last slide. I just want to pray four simple prayers. Just if you'd open your hands again or put your hands on your heart, do something physical that just helps you enter in. Just want to take 30 seconds for each of these. Just would you just start by just saying, Lord, help me care. I might not have even communicated it well, what's going on in the world, but there's something of the Spirit of God in you that's awakening and quickening a love for the brothers, a love for the persecuted church. Just put your hand on your heart and just say, Lord, help me care. Pray that prayer that Dick prayed. Lord, help me care. Help me see them as a brother and a sister. So Holy Spirit, I just ask you to come move on our hearts, Lord. Help us care more about our country, more than just about our country, our own well-being. Help us care about these ones that are precious to you, these ones that we're connected to. Lord, connect our hearts. Just for a moment, can you just all over the room, just begin to open your mouth and pray for the persecuted church. Let's just pray right now. Just say, you might not have eloquent words. Guys, prayer is not about being eloquent. It's about just groaning. <laughs> can we just groan for a minute and just say, Lord, comfort them. Just go ahead. Just lift your voice all over the room. Let's pray like the Koreans do. It doesn't have to be loud, but just every voice actually saying words out loud. Lord, comfort the persecuted church today. Give them peace. Give them joy in the midst of this, God. We ask you for great grace, Lord. Lord, we pray today that you would set the captives free. Lord, we do ask you that you would open prison doors like you did in the book of Acts. It says that Peter was put in prison, but the church prayed. Lord, we join with believers all over the world today. And we ask you to set the captives free, Lord. Open prison doors. Give them favor, God. We ask you for release from prison, God. Relief from persecution, God. We cry to you today. And last but not least, can we just pray for a gospel breakthrough? Lord, we ask you, make them your witnesses, Lord, even unto death. Lord, we're asking you for Afghanistan today, that you would transform this nation. We're asking you for Somalia that seems impossible, Lord. Bring transformation, Lord. Cause your word to run swiftly and be glorified, we pray. Lord, I thank you for Springs Church this morning. I thank you for every person in this room. Lord, I pray for a baptism of your love right now. For them individually, Lord, to experience your love.
that you would make us a people who love radically, Lord. That prayer wouldn't be about just some program, but it would be about loving you, loving people, being loved by you, experiencing you. Lord, I command a blessing on this fellowship. Lord, I pray for those that are in their own pain and suffering today. I call them my brother, my sister, Lord, from this, from this platform. I just ask you right now, Lord, ministry of the Holy Spirit, Lord, to come to those who are suffering. Lord, those who are sick in this room, Lord, I ask you to touch bodies right now with your power, with your healing, Lord. Manifest your love in our midst. In Jesus' name. Thanks again for listening to our Springs Church podcast. For other exciting content from Springs Church, be sure to visit us online at springs.church. If you'd like to partner financially with Springs Church, you have the opportunity to give by visiting the Give tab of our website, springs.church.